Can somebody say praise God for his faithfulness? Amen. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to study your word. We thank you that you, Holy Spirit, are here now to move and minister and to speak and bring forth a, a revelation and illumination of your word to us that it, we might walk in your word and walk in your way. We pray, God, that you'd be glorified in and through it. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. I join with Pastor Radika in welcoming you guys this morning. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing in and through Christian Embassy. I feel like God has called us together to go into 2019 and to take this year by storm, if I could say it that way, uh, for His glory. And I just so appreciate all that He's done, all that He's doing and all that he's planned to yet do in and through our lives. And you're a great part of that. And thank you. We thank all that are tuning in uh, on our radio program and tuning in uh, through the Internet. Uh, we welcome you. We thank you for all your emails and all the uh, communication that we get uh, from you, the encouragement we get uh, all around the world and all the nations of the world that come to us every week. We thank you uh, for participating and you know, when we talk about communication this day and age with uh, Facebook and social media and all this stuff, folks are kind of seemingly telling too much. They, they get a little coarse in how they, they'll, I'm, I'm like, sometimes you just say too, TMI too much, you know, is that what you say, TMI? Something like that. I was like, okay, I didn't need to know all that. So when I heard this uh, story of a lady in Virginia and how conservative she was, I really appreciated it. Uh, she and her husband, uh, they, they're on the internet, they're in the retirement age, but they're, they're, they're definitely, uh, she's got an email account, and she looked up online for this campground that was down in Florida, and uh, she wanted to find out some information, so she's formulating an email, and she's very conservative, so she wants to ask them about their uh, bathroom facilities, but I mean, she's really conservative, and she says she doesn't want to say bathroom facilities. So she, you know, she says, you know what, I'm going to use the, uh, what I grew up calling the bathroom uh, commode, you know, maybe that. So she types it up. I uh, wanted to know about, do you have bathroom commodes there on the property in the campground? And uh, then when she, right before she sent it, she's like, no, that just seems oh, too coarse. So she goes over bathroom commode and, 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 and deletes it and just puts BC. So she said, do you have any, you know, BC there? Well, when the gentleman at the campground got the email and he's reading, you know, do you have BC, uh, that stumped him. He didn't know what that meant. And he asked several of the staff, you know, wonder, wonder what she's asking here. And they said, well, I don't know. And one camper was there regular and he overheard them talking. He said, oh, I bet she's talking about Baptist church. He said, oh, yeah, that's what it is. So he he replies to her email and he says, Dear ma'am, I regret very much with the delay in answering your email, but now I take pleasure in informing you that a BC is located nine miles north of the campground and it's capable of seating 250 people at one time. I admit it is quite a distance away and if you are in the habit of going regularly... But no doubt you'll be pleased to know that a great number of people take their lunches along and make a day of it. They usually arrive early and stay late. It is such a beautiful facility and the acoustics are marvelous. 
The last time my wife and I went was six years ago. And it was so crowded, we had to stand up the whole time we were there. But it may interest you to know that right now, a supper is being planned to raise money to buy more seats. And they're going to hold this supper in the basement of the B.C. I would like to say it pains me very much not to be able to go more regularly. But it surely is no lack of desire on my part. As we grow old, it seems to be more of an effort, particularly in cold weather. But if you do decide to come down to our campground, perhaps I could go with you the first time you go, sit with you, and introduce you to all the other folks. Please know that we are a friendly community. <laughs> wow. Sometimes being able to uh, truly open up <laughs> is, is a little scary, right, about uh, our communication. But I pray this morning that the Lord would use me to, in a, in a mighty way, communicate what He is saying and what He wants to do in and through our lives here uh, in this service this morning. I thank God for what He has done I thank God for what he is doing, and I'm just thanking God right now that through the power of his spirit, he's going to do a great and mighty work in and through our lives. Uh, God is awesome, amen, and uh, he is worthy of our praise. So uh, we, we've, I've been praying and fasting, and as we're getting uh, really into 2019 now, and I've been asking God to show me and to show us what he wants to do in and through our lives. And he keeps coming back to this over and over again. Uh, that in John 10 and 10, he said, you know, the second part of it, he says, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. So with this abundant life, God has, wants to, us to experience. Uh, I, I've been praying about that and saying, Lord, how do we do that? Give me, give me the, the breakthrough. We, we preach about it, we read about it, we see what you said, this is what you've come to do to, in short measure, basically, this is what you said you want to do in and through our lives. So, so, Lord God, I'm asking you to show me the key, the key to living the abundant life. And, um, and I'm just praying right now that in the name of Jesus, that God would help us see this key and understand what he is doing and what he wants to bring in and through our lives so that we can have, uh, we can walk this out. And it will be more than just something we talk about. It'll be more than something we just preach about, but it becomes a lifestyle that we live in. So God, I believe, has given me the key uh, to share with you to living this abundant life. And, uh, and, and I pray, it, it, as I see it, it's going to take more than this service, okay? So I'm saying, Lord, if you want this to be a series, let it be a series. But we're going to tap into the understanding and the application of this key uh, so that we can open the door to this abundant life that Jesus has for us. And remember, Jesus says, I have come that you might have this life and that you might have it more abundant. It's what he has come to give us. And, and I believe he would be most well pleased if we would learn how to accept it, walk in it, and uh, let others around us see the goodness of God flowing through our lives. And in understanding this, we've got to get to 
uh, our minds understanding the Word of God, coming in agreement with the Word of God, and seeing the power that comes from that. So we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to pick up at verse 3. And here the Apostle Paul is writing to the church, he's, he's writing to us, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Uh, there's a battle going on, but we can't limit it to a fleshly battle. For we have weapons that God has given us that are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And look at here, he says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So, so I want us in this series to get a better understanding of, of what it is to live the Christian life, to live that abundant life of victory and that abundant life of power that God has for us and to realize that the Christian life is not as hard as we try to make it. Now, I didn't say it's easy. There are some battles that we have to engage in, uh, there, but we got to know that in Christ, the victory has already been given to us. And uh, so we must understand we're coming into every battle that we come into with the victory from a point of view that the victory is already ours. Some of the battles that we have to deal with in our everyday lives is their spiritual battles with Satan and demons. We cannot ignore that. We can't get so uh, uh, spiritual and so uh, 21st century that we say they're no longer demons and they're no longer the devil. Let me tell you what, there is a devil and there are demons. And there's spiritual warfare that needs to be fought. Jesus said in that same verse of Scripture in John 10 and 10, Satan has come but to kill, steal, and destroy. So we've got to learn how to resist the devil. We've got to learn how to rebuke demons and cast them out in the name of Jesus and not let them affect our lives. There are spiritual battles with Satan and demons we have to engage in, and we teach you that and how to do that here at Christian Embassy. But there's also battles with your flesh. And many times the battles with the flesh we blame on the devil. Just like Eve liked to blame the serpent and Adam liked to blame Eve and blame God. Let me tell you what, we love to put the blame game out there. But let me tell you what, there's a lot of things you're blaming the devil for that really is flesh. And it needs for you to let the Holy Spirit bring the a manifest of fruit of self-control and you to discipline your flesh. For you to let the Spirit of God sanctify and the Word of God sanctify you and put to death the things of the flesh so that you can live for the things of, of God. So we know the Galatians 5 goes adultery and fornication and sex talk and lewdness and putting your faith and hope in, in other things and selling or using drugs or hatred or uh, jealousies or losing your temper and outburst of rage and selfish ambitions and heresies and envies and murders and gossip or talk that destroys others, drunkenness and revelries and the like. He gives this whole list of the work of the flesh and he says if you keep walking according to the work of the flesh, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And the flesh has appetites that are fueled by lust. You have to know that. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. The Bible talks about in 1 John 2, and these are not of God. So you have to, you have to put up barriers. You have to say no. You have to discipline yourself, and, uh, and you need to pray for the sanctifying work of the Word and the Holy Spirit to help you put to death the deeds of the flesh so that you can live in the fullness of what God has for you. 
But there are also battles that we have to deal with with other people where other people come against us. And, and it could be through your family. It could be through work. It could be through school. And you've got to understand Satan's strategy. He likes to use the weaknesses in people closest to you to come against you. So that's why we have to see what the Word says. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You've got to battle with these other people, but don't engage in a flesh and blood fight. Realize Satan is using a weakness or some openness in their life to come against you because they're close to you. Some people, as a stranger, could say something to you and you'll say, that's a crazy, you just, you just ignore it. But someone close to you can say the same thing and get you all riled up. So Satan has a strategy in using weaknesses. It doesn't mean the person is of the devil. It just means there's a weakness there that Satan uses in their life to poke your button. And every one of us has some buttons that when you get poked the right way, you can show a side that ain't as pretty as what you got in this church right now. And if anybody can be honest, you can say amen. And then there's a battle that probably the greatest battle of all is the battle that goes on in your mind. There's a battle of the mind. And let me tell you what, the most important battle is not the battle against devils and demons and it's not against your flesh as much as it is the battle against thoughts, the thoughts that are in your life. Because nowhere in the Bible does it say take every demon captive. It doesn't say, it says resist them, rebuke them and they'll flee. But there, the Bible does say take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying we shouldn't cast out devils. I tell you, let a devil raise his head. I'm going to rebuke, resist. I'm going to come against them. I don't like the devil and I don't like demons. And I'll rebuke them. And those spirits will not have any free play around me if I can identify them, discern them, because I'll exercise the authority God has given us over them. But he didn't say take every demon captive, but he says take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you what, you don't have to be possessed by demons or demonic for demonic activity to affect you, okay? It's possible for you to be a Christian and to have a thought life that invites the work of the enemy. So we got to learn to take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ, not blaming it on the devil, uh, the way you're behaving, or, or it may be that it's based on a system of thinking that you need to take captive. Maybe the devil's got an inroad and he can bring attacks and he can bring a loss and he can bring destruction in your life because you've got a bridge built there because of a thought system that you have that's incorrect. So you've got to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. You can't say, well, that's just how I was brought up. You can't say, well, that's just, you know, I grew up in, in the church I grew up in. That's just what they taught. You've got to say, wait a minute. What does the Word of God teach me today? What is it saying to me today? Because that thought system may be incorrect. That, not that they were bad people, not that I grew up in a bad way, but maybe that thought system doesn't line up holy with what the Word of God says, and I'm not going to give the devil a bridge into my life. I'm not going to give him a tunnel into my life because I'm holding on to a wrong thought system. I need to deal with it. You can change your thought system. He tells us that we have to exercise authority over that. Now, now you cannot change your life by changing your behavior, but you can change your life by changing how you think. It starts between your ears. 
Because what happens between your ears will affect what gets established in your heart. And I'm going to talk about that as we learn about this key uh, here because our heart belief system is where faith in good or bad is going to give the open door for good or bad to come into our life. See, when your thinking lines up with God's thinking, not your thinking is just what you were brought up with or your thinking is half truth and half untruth or your thinking is partial truth. When your thinking lines up with God's thinking, your heart begins to believe. And when it establishes that belief system, it cuts Satan out. It seals him out. It shuts the door. It slams the window down. And he says, devil, you can't come into my life anymore because I, have, I, I know the truth. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But remember, he's Diablos. That's his name in, in the Greek. He's Diablos which means he who throws. He throws to try and penetrate. So he's going to keep throwing uh, thoughts and throwing accusations and throwing things over and over till he tries to penetrate you. But you've got to understand his uh, tactic is trying to do that. But you say, wait a minute. I'm not going to believe the lies you're throwing at me. I'm not going to... It doesn't matter if 17 people are saying the same thing about me. If it's not... If it doesn't line up with what God's Word says... I, I rebuke it. I resist it. I will not receive it. I, I, you know, I've told people before, and I've had to give them the hand. I said, I just don't receive that. They said, you know what? You're going to get this church going, and then you're going to get uh, famous, and you're going to leave us, and you're going to travel the world. And I said, I don't receive that. God told me that I'd be pastor in this. He showed me I'd be pastor in this church when I'm, 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 I'm uh, old in age, but I'm going to be young in strength and, 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 and vitality. Hallelujah. And uh, this was 20 years ago. Somebody said, because I was here, I remember I had a South Carolina plate still on as I was a student at Regent as well. And being a student, I didn't have to change my plates and funds were low. So it's like, you know, I just stayed South Carolina resident. And um, I mean, as far as my plates were, because, uh, you know, I had the student status. And they're like, you, you, we're not going to become... Um, partners in this church. And I said, why is that? We love this church, but we're not going to partner here. I said, why? Because the Lord showed me you're leaving. And I said, I rebuked that in the name of Jesus. The Lord didn't tell me that. So why would he tell you that? I said, wait, wh what voice are you listening to? Well, your license plate still has South Carolina on. Well, you can imagine Monday I was in DMV changing that. I said, the devil is a liar. I'm here to stay. I just as well go ahead and get my Virginia plates. Hallelujah. But see, he cannot penetrate your mind if you have up your shield of faith, if you have your breastplate of righteousness, if you have your belt of truth on, if you have the sword of the Spirit out and you have your helmet of salvation and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and you're constantly praying in the Spirit, he will not have success against you because all of that is established through a heart belief system. That's why he says in Proverbs 4 and 23... Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. See, if we lock this thing just into our head, we are not in faith. See, it all begins in our head, but then we have to take captive every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We have to bring them under the anointing and see if they line up with what God says or not. And if they're in righteousness, now... That, that confirmation will cause it to be established as a heart belief. Now you go from a head belief to a heart belief, now you're, you're established. That's the key to the abundant life. Because out of a heart belief system, the power of faith flows. 
So he says you've got to not guard your head. In your head, you've got to fight a war. And you've got to bring every captive to the obedience of Christ. You've got to rebuke and resist the lies. And you've got to line up the truth of what God says. But in the heart is where it gets established. And now you've got to guard your heart with all diligence. And, and, and there he says, keep that natsar in the, in the Hebrew is you've got to guard. You've got to protect your heart, your lib in the Hebrew, is your, which is your soul, your inner man, your, your conscience. It is it's who you are. It's your belief system. And he says, with all diligence. So he goes to mishmar, another Hebrew word that is like a guard standing in a museum guarding an invaluable piece of art. And they've got this guard there just to guard that invaluable piece of art uh, because it's so valuable. That's that word diligence, mishmar. So you've got to watch over it as a guard would do. So your heart plays such a key role that you've got to guard it with all diligence. And the reason being is because out of it spring the issues of life. The source of life flows out of the heart. It is where faith is founded. It is where faith is activated. And it is where faith works. And this is necessary because your heart is extremely valuable. All that you would see that no more than you would uh, uh, want to harm your physical heart, you should guard it and protect it because you know it is the very organ that is keeping the blood and the oxygen and the nutrition and the, and the system going. you got to have your heart. But let me tell you what, in the same way, your spiritual heart is extremely valuable. You've got to guard it. It is the source of everything you do. And, and it is under constant attack. So you must guard it because the devil knows that that if he can get into uh, establishing heart belief systems that don't line up with the word of God, it gives the devil access to bring the killing, the stealing and the destruction in our life rather than the abundant life. You got two ways. Jesus said Satan's come to kill, steal and destroy. So you got that open door or you got the open door of abundant life. And your heart belief system is going to determine which door you have open through your faith and what you believe that's going to operate that way. So you've got to understand that you've got to guard your heart. So important because you'll always do what you think in your heart. You won't always do what you think in your head because there's still negotiations going on. Is that right? Is that not right? Should I do that? Should I not do that? But what you believe in your heart is going to establish what you do. Proverbs 23 and 7 plainly says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So in this key to the abundant life is the heart. The head is very important because it's access uh, and, and coming into affirmation and confirmation with truth or a lie that's going to establish the belief system of the heart that's either going to give Satan access and his destruction or Jesus access and the abundant lie. Now, we, we see here uh, this played out in Romans 10, 9 and 10. The two scriptures that are used by evangelicals for, for uh, you know... Uh, ever since they were given to us by the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raising him from the dead, you will be saved. Most of us hear that. We've heard it in evangelical outreaches and so forth. It's just confess Jesus. Invite Jesus into your heart. Repent of your sins and confess that he's the Lord of your life. You're saved. 
And that's not what the Scripture says there. That's part of what the Scripture says. But the, the whole of the Scripture says that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead. In verse 10, he actually amplifies it and says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. See, when you believe with your heart, whatever your heart believes, it sets you either in a belief system of unrighteousness, where Satan can come, kill, steal, and destroy into your life, or in righteousness, which is truth, right teaching, and, uh, and that is that, that, that we have authority over the enemy. He's given us, God has given us authority over all the power of the enemy, that we can rebuke the devil, that we, we don't have to take anything the devil throws at us and just say we got to deal with it. No. Uh, so the, the, the belief is what sets you so that now when you confess... Sozo takes place. Salvation is Greek in uh, the sozo, which means to prosper, to be made whole, to be reunited, to may, be made perfected in all areas, and mature and strong in all areas. It's not just getting your name on the Lamb's Book of Life and going to heaven. Thank God we got that in Christ secured. That's part of our sozo. But it's also while you're still here down on the ground and still around that He has given us the authority of the kingdom of heaven uh, that we can usher it in on earth. Hallelujah. And that's part of the salvation or the sozo. And the reason so many of us don't experience the success and we don't experience the prosperity and the health and the abundant life that Jesus has promised is because of our heart beliefs, what we believe in our heart. So in this series, we're going to really school ourselves and we're going to let the Holy Spirit help us to learn how to make sure our heart belief system is rooted and grounded and amen, the concrete drives where we are established in the truth of God's Word and no circumstance and no voice of any demon of hell will get us off of that ever again because we're rooted, we're established in the truth. I mean, I'll give you an example. We love to quote Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Jesus said, For surely I say unto you, whoever says that this mountain be removed and cast into the sea, hallelujah, he will have whatever he said. Man, we can get all worked up there. I mean, sounds really good, doesn't it? But that's not what he said. That is not what he said. Look at what he said. He said, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be, go to the next verse, please. Yeah, there you go. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And look at there. And does not doubt in his heart. Does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things that he says will be done. And then he takes it next level. Not just a mountain now. He'll have whatever he says. He'll have whatever he says. I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus, in 2019, God is calling us to be a demonstration and a light, a light like a city set upon a hill for this world to be sought, to be a change agent. The world needs the light of heaven shining on this earth more than ever before. And we, the church, have the responsibility. But we got to get it right. You can't just talk a talk, good talk. you got to align yourself up with the Word of God where the Spirit of God can flow through the faith in man and women of God so that it can manifest in this world. So you, I, I assuredly, Jesus said, He didn't just say casually. He said, I assure you. I assure you. Now you can't get no better backup. You can't get no better underwriter than Jesus Himself. And he said, I assure you, I underwrite this. I'll back it up. Heaven will back it up. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things 
that he says will be done, he'll have whatever. He'll have whatever. He'll have whatever. He says, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is why what we say, we believe, so rarely manifests itself to the degree of consistency in our lives is because we believe it in our head. We believe it in our head. Yeah, that's what God says. Pastor's got me really worked up right now. That, yeah, 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 yeah. But we don't keep massaging it. If I, want to, if I could use that word, uh, there's a better word, uh, where we keep renewing our mind till it gets established in our heart. To where we don't back down. Circumstances come and we, we cast them, that cast that mountain and that mountain stares us down. Oh my goodness, it doesn't really work. It doesn't, that's belief in the head. That's belief in the head. Because they're still open for negotiation. It's still open for argument. The mountain didn't quickly move. And then we find it. So now I've just got to learn to live the deal and live in the shadow of the mountain of my life. And this, no! When it's established in your heart, you says, if I have to take a pickaxe, I'm coming against you. I said, you going. I'm not letting you change the course of my life. I'm coming against you because I am not going to be moved off of what God's Word says. So from that, I say, your heart is the most important leadership tool you have. Do you hear me? Your heart. Now, your mind is important and your body is important. They're all tools. But it's got to get established in the heart. It must be founded in the heart for your heart is the most important leadership tool you have. It's not your experience. It's not your knowledge. It's not your skills. It's your heart. It's your heart. Hallelujah. And that's what brings us to this series process here in Romans 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world. In the Greek that says do not be pressed into the pressure press into the mold of this world don't let the pressures around you dictate how you live your life don't let the the disease pressures don't let the financial pressures press you don't let well this is just how it's always been in this world don't let that press you into its mold this is how it's it's just in our dna it's it's just genetic or this is just how uh anybody uh, in my family have ever had the finances. This is just, this is the, the high as we get or a position of authority. This is as high as we get or the education I have or don't have. This is as best I can do. Don't let the pressures push you into the mold of this world because the mold of this world says God is not on his throne. God is not in charge. The super is not a part of the natural. And you are you got to get what you get. You got to wake up and deal with it. You just got to deal with it. If you got a if you got a limitation, learn to deal with it. Learn to put up with it. Learn to live with it. Let me tell you what. That's what the pressure of the world says. But let me tell you what he says. Do not be pressed into this mold. Don't let the world system be your limitation. And in order for that not to happen, you got to be transformed. Now that word transform, we get our word metamorphosis from, that Greek word. And that is, you got to go through a process of being transformed. You start out maybe as a caterpillar. You start out maybe as just something that squishes under somebody's foot. You start out always worried that something's going to, bird is going to pick you up or an ants are going to take you down or you're just crawling on your belly. 
But let me tell you what God says. I put in nature a process and I use the Word and through the Holy Spirit of giving my Word to show you the process that I'm talking about. That, that as, miraculous as, as miraculous as it is for a caterpillar to go into this little tiny uh, enclosed uh, 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 season of, you might would say, looks like nothing much to be uh, uh, impressed with, but then it comes out of that as a creature that can do what it never could before. The caterpillar could never fly before, but now it can fly. The caterpillar never had the beauty to show before that it has now when it's a butterfly. So God, I didn't, God used this word. The Holy Spirit's the author of the Bible, so God used this word. That, you, that we have to be transformed. We have to have a metamorphosis take place by the renewing of our mind. The renewing of our mind so that we may do what? That we might prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God wants the world to see proof. See, proof is in the pudding. Christians talk about my God's a healer, but nobody ever gets healed. The world laughs and says, yeah, I'm glad y'all just got your little fantasy world over there. No Christians talk about being the head, not the tail, and above only, not beneath, according to the promise of the curse coming off of us and the blessing come on on us. But we're always the tail. We're always whining. We're always complaining. We're always negative. We're always, you know, we're just getting by and we're not the influencers. We're not making change in our community. We're not helping bring light where there's darkness, expelling the darkness. None of that's happening. The world says, I'm glad y'all little weak-minded folks need that little weekly thing y'all do over there. Just keep doing it. No! God says, I want you to prove. I want my good and acceptable and perfect will to be proven. I want earth to see that heaven is involved in and through my people. Hallelujah. But we have to have our minds renewed. Why? Because renewing your mind leads to establishing your heart. It starts in the head, but you've got to stop the confusion. You've got to bring every thought captive to Christ. Bring it under the anointing and say, okay, I'm bringing my thoughts in alignment with what God says. Now, what I've always thought, you know, you know we, we're going to have limitations and we're going to be under and the devil's going to be in charge and he's going to be the uh, bad guy that's ruling everything until Jesus comes back. I've always thought that, but that's not what the word says. So when you take your thoughts and say, well, I got to bring that to obedience of Christ. And here Jesus says, I'm going to build my church, my church, my ecclesia, my called together believers who come under my name. He says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. So Jesus is building a church on this earth that the gates of hell can't withstand the battering ram of this church. It's not a passive church. It's not a timid church. It's a church that's just like the SWAT team is kicking down the door and saying, what, have you, what prisoner have you taken? We've come to set the captive free. We've come to heal the sick. We've come to take back what the devil's stolen. We've come to reverse the curse in Jesus' name. So the renewing of the mind, which is when we come into agreement with God's word to the place it gets established in our heart, which leads to a transformation of our personal belief system. Because it's out of this, this here's where the issues of life flow, the heart, your belief system. 
And, and it's going to prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I believe in this series that, that God is going to help us to experience Jesus' provision of the abundant life in 2019 like we've never done before. I've already started thanking Him. You guys are going to the next level. You guys are breaking through. You guys, oh, the devil is in trouble. The devil is in trouble. He thought he had regions in your life. He thought he had systems in your life. He thought he had family members in your life. He thought he had friends in your life. He thought he had them forever. But I'm here to tell you, you coming up and you're coming out. And in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, with declaration of the Word of God and the authority manifested from a heart belief system that lines up with the Word of God, God, you're going to see these things turning around. You're going to see folks freed up. You're going to see healings manifest. You're going to see the divine power of God manifesting in ways that we can't help but say, to God be the glory. To God be the honor. We're going to see souls save people that the devil knew he had for the rest of his life. They're going to turn on the devil and they're going to turn to Jesus. And they're going to expose the lies of the enemy when they come into the body of Christ. And they're going to help bring a, a, a illumination of understanding in the body of Christ how we can know better even how to come against the strategies of the enemy hallelujah oh the devil the devil is losing he's losing so I say as we go into 2019 January February March as we're in this year prepare to experience real abundance Real abundance of feeling loved and fulfilled. I'm talking about real abundance where I'm talking about real prosperity, God's way that adds no sorrow to it. I'm talking about real abundance of joy that is not an emotion that's just limited and based on what's happening in your life, but a joy regardless of circumstances in your life. You've got the joy of the Lord. I'm telling you, it is your strength. It is the fullness of glory. Hallelujah. It don't matter what the circumstances are because you know that the power of God working in you and through you can change the circumstances but the circumstances can't change the word of God hallelujah I'm talking about real peace abundance of peace not just the absence of storms but the devil sends a storm we'll have peace right through the midst of the storm I say enough is enough and I want to put my foot down and I want to grit my teeth and I want to say enough is enough if we, the body of Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, is supposed to be the most powerful entity on the planet, then it's time we practice what we preach. It's time we rise up to the occasion. It's time that we say, yes, Lord, here am I. If Jesus promised the abundant life, it's time that we start living the abundant life. If the God's message is one of healing and redemption, it's time for us to truly see lives transformed by the power of God. If it is God's will that everyone be set free, it's time that we cast off the chains of fear and cast off the chains of insecurity and cast off the chains of addiction of every kind in the name of Jesus. If it's God's will for every child of God to be successful in every area of their life, then it's time for the believers to come up out of the mire of stagnation and mediocrity and defeat and say if Christ be for me, who can be against me? Greater is he who is in me than he was in the world. Hallelujah. Please hear Christ's words again. I have come. He's giving you his vision statement. He is telling you why he came. You say he came to down the cross. Yeah, why? To take the curse off of you, get the blessing on you. 
He came shed His sinless blood. Why? So that it could be applied to your sinful account if you'd place your faith in Him and wash your sins white as snow. Redeem you. Hallelujah. And through His blood, bring healing by His stripes. Come on now. To redeem mankind. So that's the long version, and we could preach a whole series on that. The short version is half a verse. John 10, the latter part of verse 10. Half a verse. He sums it up. I have come that you might, what? Have life. And that, that it would be more abundantly. Hallelujah. He wants you to have abundant joy. He wants you to have abundant love. He wants you to have abundant peace. He wants you to have abundant faith. He wants you to have abundant prosperity. He wants you to have abundant health. He wants you to have abundant marriage. He wants you to have an abundant family. And so much more. This abundant life. Hallelujah. That word life in the Greek, we get our word zoe, which zoe is the base of sozo. Sozo is all tied together. I'm telling you, it means the life in the fullest. Jesus said, I've come to give you life in the fullest. And it literally means the God kind of life. Are you living the God kind of life? That's what He came to give you. And not just that, but it abundantly. He magnifies it abundantly. Parisos, uh, super abundant in quantity, superior in quality, surpassing and surplus over and above. If you look at his definition, it means excess, exceeding abundant, extraordinary, extreme. Too much is what it means. God wants you to have a life that is too much. God wants you to have a life that is too much. He said, that's why I came. Life with no limits. I came that you'd have a life with no limits. I came that you would have a life fully blessed. I came that you would have a life marked by the miraculous. That's not something that's just on a budget that you go to when you've got nothing else to go to. He said, I want you to have a life marked by the miraculous. Every day experiencing the miraculous. I put a picture of part of the Niagara Falls up here. Almost a million gallons of water per second. Per second. Million gallons of water per second when you're there. And I've been there. You feel like there's no end to this. This is amazing. This is superfluous. This is, this is super abundant. Let me tell you, we've been right under there. Super abundant. It is absolutely, seemingly miraculous. And God says, that's just a little, that's a little drop in the ocean compared to what I have for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to me. We have a limitless gospel. We have a limitless gospel. And it's time for us to stop living a limited life. Somebody's got to wage war on that right now. You've been living a limited life because it's not settled in your mind to the place that's established in your heart that this abundant life is yours. You've got to come in alignment with God's Word. Stop looking at your circumstances because the Word can change your circumstances. The Word can change your circumstances. Come on now. Your circumstances can't change the Word. So don't you let the circumstances tell you you have a limited life. Oh, say you're temporary. You're temporary. Because this lie is about to be superimposed with this truth. That we have a limitless gospel. We have limitless power. We have an abundant, superfluous overflow, exceeding, in excess, too much. Hallelujah. God says you can't, you can't. If you all drink from it at the same time, it wouldn't even make the water level go down a, a, a centimeter. He said, no. He said, let me tell you what. I've provided all of this for you. Hallelujah. 
And that's what Paul's talking about in Ephesians 3 and 8. I want to put this all together as we wrap it up here. To me, who, am, who is less than the least of all the saints, his grace was given. He says, God called me. I, I didn't call myself. God called me that I should preach to the Gentiles. I should come to you and share with you about this unsearchable. It literally, that Greek word means inexhaustible. That's, the, that's that, like the, the Niagara Falls, you know, million gallons per second. That is inexhaustible. But it's the riches of Christ. The riches of Christ. And to make it all to see what is the fellowship or our stewardship of this mystery. Now he goes on and he says, now from the beginning of the ages this was hidden. In the Old Testament you're not seeing what we're talking about. I'm about to tell you because it was hidden in God. It was hidden in God uh, who, who created all things through Christ Jesus. He said, but things are changing. Now that Jesus has come, now that the Messiah has come, and what did Jesus say I came to do? To give you life and life more abundant. I came to get the curse off of you so I can get the blessing on you. I came to redeem you. I came to empower you. I came to give you my same Holy Spirit so that what you've seen me do, you're going to do, but even greater, even greater, even greater, even greater, excess, abundance, even greater are you going to do after I go to the Father and send you my Spirit. So Paul is saying now, now, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by who? The church. The church. Paul says God's got a plan. Jesus came and turned this thing around. And He's given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And by no means shall He harm you. He said, I've given you the anointing. I've given you my word. I've given you my name. I've given you my blood. I've given you my spirit. Now you, I'm building the church that's coming against the gates of hell. I'm building you the church. And I'm expecting you to be good stewards uh, that you, through the church now, would make manifold uh, the wisdom of God that might be made known to the church to who? The principalities and the powers in heavenly places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and authorities in heavenly places. He's telling us it's time to tell the devil your, your days are over. Your day you've been running the street, you mafia boss, is over. You've been ruling with fear, it's over. There's a new authority in town. There's a new sheriff in town. And it's the church. It's the church. I'm telling you. Paul says it was not for the Old Testament. What we are to do is to be something the Bible that goes beyond the recordings of the Bible. Jesus said, there's miracles I've done and there's not even enough books and volumes in all the world to contain what I did in the three and a half years of ministry, the Bible says. He said, but you're going to do greater. You're going to do even more. You're going to do even more because of my Word, because of my Spirit, because of my blood, and because of my anointing. You're going to do even more. And Paul said, now, 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 now. Somebody needs to say, it's my turn. Now, now. God's calling me to be the steward. Now, now there will be the manifold of the wisdom of God made known by the church to these demonic foe, to the demonic realm, to the demons of hell, to everything in principality and power of limitation, to every spirit of infirmity that brings sickness, to every spirit of poverty that brings a, a defeat. I'm telling you, to every spirit of, of addiction uh, that holds someone bondage, we put them on alert right now. The new sheriff is in town uh, and we have authority. We have weapons. Uh, we have power greater than anything you have. Uh, and if you try to put up a mountain before 
for us because we've got a belief system and it's truly locked in to the Word of God. We're going to start speaking to these mountains. We're going to start speaking to these diseases. We're going to start speaking to these bondages. We're going to start speaking to these chains. We're going to start speaking to these circumstances and we're going to see the manifest of the glory of God. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let heaven manifest on earth beginning right now, beginning today in and through our lives. Hallelujah. 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 It is God's plan for you to live an extraordinary life. To surpass the norm. To break away from the status quo. To break away from the usual. To exceed the common measure. That's God's will for you. To experience the remarkable. To live an amazing, unimaginable, exceeding limits of God life. It's not a life where you're at the same place year after year. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a life that explodes the limitations of what the past said you can do. Hallelujah. Refusing to become preoccupied with life situations and circumstances. See, what the enemy does is he brings into us and we pick it up with our head because that's where it starts. A circumstance. It's negative. It's bad news. It's a grim report. It's not looking good. Oh my. Is it true? If it's true, I better make plans. I'm going to, I need to find somewhere else to live. If it's true, I got, I got to go ahead and get my will out because I'm not going to be here much longer. If it's true, I'm going to be losing my position and I'm going to be backing up rather than going forward if it's true. And because of that double-mindedness, you're unstable in all your ways. The enemy can come in and bring it as truth. So you can't get preoccupied with the circumstances and the situations. You got to keep the eye of faith on reaching your God-ordained destiny. Hallelujah. That when this comes against you, just like I give it the hand, I don't receive that. I don't receive that. Well, you, you got this disease, you, you got six months, I don't receive that. I'm not denying that in the reality that's probably what's going on, but I'm not limited to reality. I'm not, I'm not limited to the natural. I'm connected to the supernatural. And, and if my God is greater in me than anything that's coming against me, then, and that's settled. All I got to do is speak against it. I don't receive that. I, re, I rebuke you in the name of God. I resist you, devil. You got to go. You got to go. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't, be, don't let the pressure get you. Anybody under pressure this morning? Anybody under pressure? You're going to die. You're going to lose it all. You've just made a move and are you crazy? It's going to take you 10 years to recoup. Family's falling apart. It'll never be close like it was. What is the pressure? What is the pressure? Relationship is over. What is the pressure? Don't let it press you into its motive. You rise up above it. Say, wait a minute. I'm being transformed. I'm going through metamorphosis. I am coming up out with wings, not as a butterfly, but he said wings like an eagle. 
he gives us this picture so we can see it here on the earth but then he lets us see it in the sky not just a butterfly but an eagle he says you they that wait upon the lord shall mount up with wings as eagles that word wait doesn't mean sit in a waiting room you go into hebrew and you look up that word wait on the lord it means he who puts his complete weight his complete trust his complete confidence in what god is saying that's a heart belief i'm standing with what god said and i don't care the circumstances can get worse devil you think turning up the fire seven times discourage shadrach meshach and abednego you turning up the fire on my health or you turning up the fire on my finances you turn up the fire whatever the circumstance you think it's gonna cause me to bow I know the fourth man that walked through the fire with them and kept them without even the smell of smoke or a singed hair on their head. He is still alive. He lives in me. And I'm not backing down. You do what you think you got to do. But i got a hard belief that I'm coming against you in the name of Jesus. And whatever I say is going to be manifest and backed by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Lord, renew our minds. Help us, help us. Oh, let this be your prayer. God, help us renew our minds with your word. Through this series of the teaching of your word, Lord God, renew our minds so that it will be established in our heart. That our personal belief system would be transformed and ever rooted in the truth of your word. You tell us that one day the sun, moon, and stars could fall into the sea. And everything falls except your word. Your word will still stand. And if we are established and rooted in your word, we'll be standing on your word in the midst of it all. So that we can prove that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Our prayer ministers would come and make yourself available to pray with anyone that needs prayer today. I'm here to tell you if you're here today and you say, wait a minute, I, I recognize I've had some stinking thinking. I realize that I've allowed some uh, arguments in my mind and, 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 and discussion in my mind that's not truly settled on the truth of God's Word, but I see it today. I see it today and as a sign of standing in agreement with God's Word, I want you to come and let a prayer minister stand in agreement with you in prayer. Hallelujah. As a sign of you turning that ship around, turning your life around, turning it around right now. So you know what? I've confessed Jesus is my Lord, but you know what? I've still been in as much bondage and trouble as I've always been. Now you got to believe with your heart. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. That, let that be established that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And nothing will ever change that. I, I know that I know that Jesus is my God. Now I confess him as my Lord. If you want to do that, come. Don't let, don't let the life of Sozo, don't let the life of abundance pass you by. I'm telling you, salvation is here for you today. Deliverance is here for you today. Maybe you've been wrestling with something in your body and, and the physical attack in your body just seems to get worse and worse and it's shaking you as it will. It's shaking you. And you say, wait a minute. It's time for me to rise up as a mighty warrior. It's a new sheriff in town. It's time for me to rise up like a lion. 
king of the jungle. It's time for me to bring about the manifest of God's kingdom on earth. I'm not going to put up with it. Yes, the sickness is here, but it's got to go. It's got to go. By his stripes, I'm healed, and I'm going to bring the manifest of heaven on earth in my body. You also might stand in agreement with you to break a curse off your life, to break a bondage off of your life. They're here. Just come. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Come. And by you coming, that's a step of faith. And the heart being established in faith is what, what positions you to have the authority to exercise the manifest of heaven. So if you're not even willing in a, in a group of believers to step out by faith and have someone stand with you in confirmation, let me tell you what, when you get out there, you don't have much of a chance. So if you want someone to stand with you, to confirm, stand with you, come in agreement with to stand with you for healing deliverance breakthrough family members whatever it is don't leave them on the table let these men and women of God that have made themselves available stand with you in prayer today hallelujah just come Lord God we thank you if you've never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior from a heart that believes that God is raising from the dead confess him today ask him to come in and forgive you He'll forgive you. Repent. Turn from a life that's walking away from God to a life where you come to Him. Come to the cross at the foot of the cross and lay your burden and lay your sin there and let the blood of Jesus cleanse you. Let the blood of Jesus wash you. These prayer ministers are here to pray with you a prayer of salvation, a prayer of victory. But you got to come. you got to come. Let's not delay. Don't sit there and wrestle and argue in your mind. Say, this is a heart issue. I'm getting out of my head. And I'm coming from my heart. Because I want to see the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in people's lives. I thank you, Lord God, for the power of your spirit that is bringing about of your glory in it through your people hallelujah hallelujah come on church let's pray let's pray there's there's life and death issues taking place at this altar right now there's situations and circumstances that we need to see the manifest of god's word and power and spirit let's pray let's what god moves into the midst of our praise lord we praise you we praise you, Lord God, for hearing and answering prayer. We praise you, Lord God, for the turnaround that is taking place. We praise you, Lord God, for the miracles that are coming. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your word that is renewing our mind and transforming our belief system into what you said rather than what even the world has said, Lord God. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your glory. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your great love. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for lives being truly transformed. Hallelujah. And if everybody would stand with me now, as you stand together, Lord God, I just pray your favor and your blessings and your anointing be upon each and every one. Lord, as they go into this week, that they would walk into this week in authority, then the authority of your word and the authority of your spirit. And Lord God, they would go forth and prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of you and through their lives. Lord God, they would go forth with their eye on their God-ordained destiny in the name of Jesus. Lord, let there be blessings upon 
upon their family, protection over their family, Lord God. I declare increase, increase in the name of Jesus, increase over their lives, increase in influence, increase in every area, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that the high places would be made low and the low places would be made level, Lord God, that they could go forth in this week going in the power of your Spirit marching forward onward Christian soldiers as you have called us to do Lord God bless each and every one we pray now as we go into this week in the name of Jesus Christ we pray amen and amen come on let's give God some praise hallelujah